Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. My name is Chaplain Tyler Eggleston. And again with me, as always, my beautiful wife Amanda. Hey friends, hope everybody's had a great week so far. Yeah, we had a pretty fun week this week. We got to go to Charlotte, North Carolina. My company sent me down there for work and let me bring Amanda with me. And we got to go check out... The NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, and Richard Childress Racing and got to see all of... Del Earnhardt Sr.'s old cars and Kevin Harvick's cars when we were down there. And like we said in the last one, we're huge NASCAR fans, so I was just, you know, the happiest little Drooling. kid. Drooling. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We also got some great news on Monday. I had a doctor's appointment, found out that I do not have to have another surgery for my knee. So that was, that was a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and you probably... Should tell them why you don't have to have another surgery uh, on your knee. Uh, little context to that. Oh, what about the accident or? Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Calm down. <laughs> Anywho, so um, back in December was actually a week after me and Ham got married. Um, I was on the way to work and I got in a car accident. I ended up breaking my collarbone and my kneecap, tearing the tendon from my kneecap. Um, so I had to have surgery after that, and I did therapy and all of that. Um, I gained some range of motion back. At one point, probably like three or four weeks ago, the therapist said my knee was stuck at 45 degrees, and so she pretty much told my doctor, you know, maybe we need to have another surgery for her to get in there and break up all the adhesion and the scar tissue buildup. Um, and so my appointment was set for Monday, but we had been praying over my knee a lot and I had been working it out really good. So like I said, Monday, they said, nope, you don't need the surgery. You just keep on bending it. I'm at 95 degrees bending at the moment. I still got about 40 degrees left to go, but I know I'll gain full range of motion back and make a full recovery. Yeah. Praise Jesus that she doesn't have to have, that you don't have to have another surgery. Yeah. It's the healing hand of God. Mm-hmm. So last week, we, I was saying that we were going to do like a part two to the uh, mental health and addictions in the construction industry. And obviously, you could probably build like a, an entire podcast solely dedicated to that issue. Um, but we're kind of going to move away from it some. We're not going to do directly a part two, but just some stuff right here at the beginning that uh, we're going to add, and um, I'm going to start in First Samuel. After we uh, released that podcast, um, I was reading in First Samuel, um, and something that just really stuck out to me um, in it, you know, talking about addictions and stuff like that. Um, this was basically when uh, Samuel was uh, the judge of Israel, and this was when the Israelites had pretty much turned away from Christ and just everything imaginable was happening to them um, as far as being conquered by other kings and other countries. And they had turned to false idols and were worshiping gods. And so they were ready to turn back to Christ. And uh, this is what Samuel had said to the Israelites. So this is First Samuel uh, chapter 7, starting in verse 3 through 4. It says, Then Samuel said to all of the people of Israel, if you are really serious about wanting to turn to return to the Lord, get rid of your foreign gods and your images 
determine. Excuse me. Let me start that again. Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, if you're really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of all of your foreign gods and all your images. Determine to obey the Lord, then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of the images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshipped only the Lord. So the reason I bring that up is something that really kind of stuck with me when we were talking about um, last week's episode is that um, anything we put before Christ becomes a God to us. You know, we might not literally be worshiping, getting down on our knees and praying to a specific little idol like Buddha, a little statue or something like that. But if we put porn, drugs, alcohol, anything like that before Christ, that has now became a God in our lives. And, you know, just like I was on this vicious cycle of not being able to give up alcohol or porn, it was because it had become a God in my life. And I wanted Christ to save me from it, but I was not willing to lay him down first above it all. So that was really why Christ had put that on my heart. And um, talking about last week's episode, some other stuff that I just kind of wanted to bring up was... um, you know, we got kind of rushed there at the end about what companies could do to uh, help their employees out. Yeah. And there's not, like, always a ton of things um, that you can't do or that you can do. And, you know, some of it is personal. Some of it, you know, isn't always work-related. But, you know, if companies can start opening up to their employees by talking about these numbers – Getting these conversations started at safety meetings and stuff is a good route to go to start getting... Oh, definitely. It's a good start, and the company bringing it up and making it known and talking about it will lead to, you know, the men out there on the job sites opening up and talking about it. So I feel like that that would definitely help a lot. And a a big thing with, with employees in construction companies... Um, companies need to realize that nine times out of 10, it doesn't matter like how great your company is. I mean, it could be the best scaffold pipe fitters union. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great your company is. Most of the time, if your employees are dealing with issues like addiction and mental health, they're not going to feel comfortable talking to other employees or managers there because, um, you know, me being a chaplain, there's a confidentiality that I am adhered to, like that I that I have to abide by. You know, with very few exceptions, you know, and we're, we won't get into that whole thing. But you know, being a manager, you know, there is a certain level that you have to talk about with your upper management. So. Once you get these conversations going and you feel like people are willing to start stepping out and talking to people, provide them that resource away from your company to seek help. You know, whether that is from counseling or um, bringing in somebody. And a good place for people to start is a ministry called Workforce Chaplains. And they have, you know, Chick-fil-A 
is a partner with them. I mean, it's a, it's a very big, legit company. And uh, basically, um, you contact them, and they will come in. They will they will do meetings. They are um, very big on not affecting company work schedules and respecting your time and your deadlines and stuff like that. So it's not a uh, it's not like a, a like a ministry or a company that's just going to come in and ruin your schedule and want. delay. Yeah. No, they work with you, but they provide resources exactly for things that we were talking about. And um, um, I mean, I I didn't look out I look into them is that deep as far as what their prices, how all that worked, but that's a good place where people could start. You know, companies could join Workforce Chaplains as a company and have them come in and provide resources for your employees to seek help. Um, you know, and it might not even be anything as serious as struggling with suicide or addictions, but, um, you know, to your employees who are Christians and making it a Christian sound company and having that godly figure come in for just, you know, biblical counseling, maybe someone struggling spiritually. <clears throat> and another thing, um, to look for uh, or another resource for people who are struggling with um, porn addiction, their Life Church uh, has a sermon on YouTube, um, Pastor Craig, and it's called uh, "Your Porn Battle Plan." I've listened to the sermon. He personally talks about his testimony struggling with porn, and um, you know anyone who's getting serious about wanting to get away from porn, that is, I definitely a sermon I would check out. Uh, again, that's Life Church, and the pastor's name is Pastor Craig. That sermon's about a 40-minute long sermon. You can find it on YouTube. And um, another one, kind of an all-around help, is a book written by Brian Head Welch, who was the guitar player. Well, he still he now is, but he's the guitar player for the metal band Corn, and he wrote a band a, a book called Save Me from Myself which just rings volumes, just like the title of that book, Save Me From Myself. But this was a guy who not only cheated on his wife, um, he had a serious addiction to porn, um, serious drug and alcohol addiction. I mean, you know, when he talks about it in his book, and you, even if you're not a reader, look up his testimony on YouTube. You can find about 50 million different versions from different churches and stuff he spoke at. But and he has said it before, how he did not end up dying is unreal. And, um, I would definitely, I've read all of his books. He's got like three of them. Rock star testimony. And, you know, if Christ can take somebody out of where he was at, I mean, I was just thinking, so like, don't think you're too far gone and nobody's willing to help or you can't get help. Like I haven't listened to that testimony. Um, but, just hearing him say oh, well, that, like anybody can be yeah. saved, you know. And that so, was, sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you off. No, that's fine. Yeah. That was the point I wanted to bring up too. That, like, you know, reading that, like, just like what you said, is like, you know, don't ever think that you're like so involved in pornography that you can't get help, or just anything in general, yeah, right? You know, and like I said in last week's episode, like, you know, I've never dealt with a drug addiction, so like, I'm not gonna be ignorant and say that I, I can you know, provide professional help with the drug addiction. You know, alcohol and porn is really where I can 
I'm best suited. I mean, but at the end of the day, whether it's cocaine, alcohol, or porn, Christ is the answer, period. You know, so whether I've struggled with it or not, like, I don't have to, you know, be an expert to tell you, like, you know, but, no, but nothing, but God. Christ is the answer. And even our church, Joel, like, they did a porn Sunday. They literally titled that message Porn Sunday, and they bought in a former porn actress to speak to the the church. I don't remember the ministry that this woman started, the former porn actress, but she actually started a uh, a ministry. No, we weren't. But they they still you can still listen to the sermon. So I'll put a I'm going to put a link to all of this these resources down below. uh, Life churches, Mm, uh, porn battle plan, yeah, and uh, workforce (laughs) chaplain. I'll post a link to their uh, website, and I'll post a link to one of Brian Head Welch's testimony to make it easy for everyone to um, to check it out. So. Oh, and I was gonna. I'm gonna put a link to to Covenant Eyes to the app that we were talking about. But um, so moving on from that, <clears throat> we had a question from a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to answer. We got a few different questions, but this question really pertained <clears throat> to the mental health and this stuff whole like, episode. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. It really pertained whole to that. Shebang. So um, here you go, Bronson. Here's your shout out, buddy. Um, <laughs> So, a, my buddy Bronson, <clears throat> a good friend of mine and Amanda, um, asked, like, what role did scaffolding play in, as he said, my downfall and then my my comeback. Well, I mean, but, that's... But, you know, really, like, what what, what, what role did the industry play in, like, me falling and then, like, getting to the place of where I'm at now? Short, quick, easy answer is nothing. No, I'm not ignorant. Well, I'm not ignorant enough to be like the scaffolding industry is the reason I was addicted to porn. It was the reason. Well, no, it wasn't, but it opened your eyes to them things like the drinking and all of that. Well, but see, but at the end of the day, you are who you associate with, and you associate. That was the the big. But see. And that's what I want people to understand is that it's not this, it's construction period, not the subsidiaries of construction. It is the construction industry. So the construction industry is garage doors. It is scaffolding. It is pipe fitting. It is welding. welding. Right. Jinx. It, yeah, yeah. You owe me a drink. What? Um, so it, that it's the construction industry and you are, the company you keep. Okay, so if you are hanging around with people who are not godly Christian people and you are hanging around with people who openly talk about pornography and who always drink and always party, you are going to be that company. A rose cannot grow in a bed of weeds. The weeds will overtake it, smother it, and kill it. So... Like we had talked about in our very first episode, you know, I kind of, I went, I did some seminary. Uh, I mean, I don't have a degree or anything like that, but I came in to the construction scaffolding industry um, with hopes and dreams of becoming a chaplain one day, but I let work consume me. I let work take me out of church. I let work take me away from godly friendships and my friends and close friends became those people who 
were always partying, always drinking, didn't see a problem with porn or the porn industry. And so you kind of took a few detours. You got right, and I mean, and I that. guess to to say like that was how scaffolding played a role. And then you know, being as busy as most people know in construction, you know, you're working overtime and crazy hours stuff like that. So I guess you know, and it provided a distraction from real world problems. I could just you know go to work and not deal with my problems, work a 12, 13, 16 hour shift. And I would be too exhausted to deal with any kind of depression, anxiety or anything I had. It was just work, drink, sleep. Now that can happen to a lawyer that can happen to a doctor. Um, so like to say that scaffolding played a role in it. No, the industry, there's nothing wrong with the industry. Yeah, It's not having a, a relationship with Christ. It's not, having good company and it's associating with people who are living in sin. And if you are slipping back, if you're having a fallback from Christ and you're getting into some deep waters and then you associate yourself with nothing but people who are stuck in deep waters, you get pulled into that sin that they're in and quicker and quicker and quicker. Right now, the second part of the question, what role did it play coming back? Uh, so like where I am now, again, not really anything. What God did, you know, I used to talk about, like I used to almost make it out like scaffolding the industry, the construction industry was to blame for the way I was. God pulled the blinders off of my eyes and showed me that like it, it wasn't the construction industry. It wasn't scaffolding. You know, it wasn't that industry. It was me. It was my own Mm -hmm. sin, my selfish ways. And I was trying to put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. Construction is an amazing industry. And some trades in the construction industry are a dying breed. Scaffolding being one of them. Um, I've talked to welders and I know that welding is, they are hurting for labor. Probably coal mining. You, I mean, you take somebody like me who... You know, well, yeah, and coal mining, yeah, you're right. I mean, mining for coal is, like, (laughs) that is a super dying breed. That's so sad. But take somebody like me who has very little education whatsoever, and, uh, I mean, the way that God blessed my hands and blessed my ability and my love and passion for scaffolding, um, I mean, it is an amazing career in construction, whether you're doing garage doors, scaffolding, welding, coal mining i mean you know i mean yeah it's tough i mean but it's clean money i mean you can literally take somebody who did not graduate high school and you know within five years you can make a hundred thousand dollars yeah there's some overtime wrapped up into it but you know and there's nothing wrong and i don't want anyone to think that i'm saying there's anything wrong with working overtime there is not christ has to be first christ has got to be first and as long as you're listening to god Listening to the Lord and Savior, you know, he'll check your heart and he'll let you know if you're putting work on a pedestal. If you're putting work before him, if you're putting a God. I just thought of a good episode. Before him. Oh, well, don't say it now. No, we'll I'm not. Talk about you got to stay tuned. Look, <laughs> the Lord's pulling on a I heart. need to write it down, though. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you're putting, like I read in First Samuel, if you're putting a God, that being work, money, or hours before him, that's where it becomes a problem. I love the scaffolding industry. I love construction. I love my blue collared boys, all the blue collared men and women out there that, you know, 
And I encourage people to start looking at things differently. Start looking at Baltimore, New York, the Golden Gate Bridge, Seattle. Like we, as blue-collared workers, built that with our own hands. It was not something that was 3D printed, even though that might happen in the future. Tony? <laughs> yeah. Ain't he 3D printed? Yeah, Tony is. <laughs> um Oh, Tony's yeah, gonna start. Tony's, yeah, he's gonna start 3D printing garage doors. <laughs> um, I'm gonna post a link to Apple Door too because we, yeah. we've we've done talked about it so much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so yeah, to to sum up Bronson's question, that you cannot blame. I I cannot sit here and blame the construction industry or scaffolding for my sin and falling away from Christ. Um. The construction industry is an amazing thing, and I love seeing the ministry that God has used in me to minister to other construction workers. Just you with were this the podcast, light in the dark, yeah. And um, so, no, I don't blame the construction industry or scaffolding, and I also don't give the construction industry or scaffolding uh, any credit. It was all Christ. I, I I fell into sin because I took my eyes off of Christ and. God, we are where we are at now. I am where I'm at now because of Christ, period. Yep. So, love you, Bronson. Thank you for the question, and there's your shout-out, buddy. (laughs) Me and Bronson have a really long working uh, relationship together. I think think he's a year behind me as far as how many years we spent in scaffolding, and... um, He's funny. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll have him on as a guest sometime. That yeah. uh, I think people would love that. But um, yeah, Bronson's a really close friend of ours, and um, yeah, really good guy. And we both work for the same. We've we've always worked at the same company together. We started at the same company. We both got into scaffolding. We both went to the uh, other company, and now we're both at this is our, both of our third scaffold company. So I think me and him are joint at the hip. If we ever go to any other scaffold company, (laughs) Bronson's going to come along with me. But, um, so like the main focus of our episode today that we were going to kind of talk about to kind of play off of last week's episode was, um, you know, relationships with your spouse in the industry. Um, and you know, what kind of effect it takes on your significant other being in this kind of industry, working the hours that you have to work traveling. Um, and what kind of effect that plays on your partner at home? You know, I'm not going to say partner because I don't like how loosely that term is used. Your, if you're a wife, I mean, if you're a woman, then your husband at home, or if you're, a guy, your wife at home. So, <laughs> just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I want to start with you. Oh, like, okay. You know, what what kind of effect did so, the traveling, the hours, you know, the stress and anger issues that I had bringing home from work into the house, like, what, you know, what, what did that play on you? Um, well, let me think. Because we don't really deal with that now. So I think the biggest um, thing was you traveling out of town. You know, I feel like that led to arguments between us. Um, 
And it was, well, first off, we weren't in the, in the right state at that point in time. So I feel like things would have been differently. Right. Um, because I was feeling lonely, you know, it would be a week. Was it a week? About a week. Uh, I mean, almost a week or something like that. Well, I mean, they varied. It would be yeah. a week, two but, weeks. But you know, I would three feel lonely and depressed because you go from somebody being here all the time with you to, you know, kind of silence in the house. So it played that effect on me mentally. But also, with that being said, um, I could have done stuff to prevent it from being like that. Um, also, at that point in our relationship, I had trust issues, so I was like, well, maybe he's out here doing this or that, you know, when in reality, no, it was just my mind thinking of every worst case scenario that could be happening. And looking back, you know, it, it definitely hurts me looking back at how I acted because it's like, okay, he doesn't like being out of town, eating fast food all the time working long hours, and here I was giving him a hard time when he was out there providing for us. Um, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I apologized <laughs> yeah, I before, say, but, already, yeah, but, like, you know. That. Like, and that's, like, the common theme I've noticed, like, with every episode is that, you know, and if no one else has realized it, like, Christ is the answer. Like, you know, like, that, I mean, that's it. Like, it's him. Um, but, you know... I don't think the long hours really, I mean, sometimes it would affect me, but other times it really wouldn't because, um, I, you know, like there is, you know, there's a lot of advice that like I, I, I can give specifically like when, when, you know, if, if you're going out and you know, there's like, there's a lot of differences. Like, so for instance, like, you know, with me, you know, I couldn't. I didn't have a, a choice but to go out of town. You know, what I mean, there was, like, before me and you started dating, like, yeah, there was times where I had the option. It was like, well, you know, I was single, and, you know, you, you make more money when you go out of town, at least with most companies you do. When you go out of town, there's kind of like a, a, an incentive thing. You know, you're not only going to get per diem, but, like, you know, you're going to make a little bit more money per yeah. hour when you go out of town. So it was kind of like, well... What, what do I, like, what, why would I not go out of town? But, you know, that's, and I'm, you know, speaking for a lot of people, that's few, far, and in between that you actually get the option to go out of town. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, you know, it's like required with your job. You're expected and you, you kind of, you don't have a choice but to travel. And, um... Like, but there's also, you know, that's, there's, there's that whole pedestal thing that I keep coming back to. Like, where are you putting your priorities? Like, if you and your wife are having issues and you don't have to go out of town, you know, like, maybe you need to look at, like, if this is really a trip you need to make, especially if you were given the option. And, and then, you know, I already know what, like, a lot of people are thinking, like, you want to be that company man, you don't want to tell the company no, you want to look good in their eyes. I get it. Like, I was, I understand, you know, you're trying to be a good steward of your career, too. But let's also not forget, and I'm also speaking this more into married couples as well. Like, I don't want people to think 
Like I do not condone living together prior to marriage. Me yeah, and been there, you, done that. Eh, right. Eh, don't so like <laughs> you know, don't take any advice for this if you're living with your girlfriend and think it's going to work because like it's not going to. That's a different episode for a different time. But you know, if you and your wife are struggling with things and you were asked, it is not expected. You kind of have the option to go. You need to look at your priorities and you need to to decide like you know. If you made that holy commitment, and I'm assuming that you like you guys were married in full authority of Christ, then that is your first ministry. That is your first. You are to lay down your life for her and sacrifice everything. So you know, if you're having problems, marital issues, like that's more important to work on than going than, out of town. Now, if now if both of you agree, like, hey, I think this would be good for. Both of us have a week apart um, to clear the air, clear our minds. You know, maybe you guys both go spend some time personally with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that I could see where that would be beneficial. But if, because I know I'm speaking from ex, uh, uh, experience from companies, if you don't know how long you're going to be out of town and you leave in the midst of something like that, like you're stupid. You're a moron. You need to make sure, like, if you and your wife think it's a good idea, it shouldn't be more than a week. But if you are dumb enough to think that, like, going out of town for a month to clear the air, give you guys some space, that is wrong. And I feel like that is extremely unbiblical and not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, I don't, I wouldn't say this really played an effect on us, um, but, you know, when you would have to work overnights, that, yeah. that shift, I mean... I didn't like going to sleep by myself or eating dinner by myself, but, you know, like I understood like, okay, he doesn't want to be working overnight either, so. I probably hated working overnights more than I did going out of town. I probably, no, I know for a fact I would pick going out of town. I I wouldn't want to, I didn't want to pick any of it, but (laughs) if I had to pick between the two, I would rather go out of town than work overnights. Yeah, because like you were about to say, like. The sleep schedule is all screwed up. Like that. I first... remember I got off work one one day. It was probably like two o'clock. I got off work. He was doing an overnight, and I told him I said, "Yeah, well, when I get home, I'll come upstairs and lay down and cuddle with you." And so I get home, and he had the door locked. <laughs> I was so mad. I mean, not literally mad, but like I was just yeah, like, "Wow." Yeah, yeah. So she she um. This was after, like, you moved out before we were married. So, you, yeah. you weren't, like, living here anymore. And, um, yeah, I, I had to work overnights. And I, you know, you know how that sleep transition goes. Like, you pretty much try to stay up the whole night before so that you sleep all day. And we all know that that first night shift going from day shift to night shift is just absolute hell. Like, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're groggy, and... It just absolutely sucks, but yeah, but you you weren't like you totally cried though. Did I don't? Yeah, think I did. you cried. No, I was I was making you some breakfast you burritos. Were. Well, you're a little crybaby. Maybe that's why I thought you cried. Baby, you're yeah, the crybaby. So wait a minute. She, she totally yeah. She we was, can drop some pictures from the wedding and the. <laughs> well, that's totally different. I know. I'm joking. But yeah, you. I totally locked her out of the room. I mean, I thought it was funny. She didn't think it was funny at the time. But well, I you def- didn't do it on purpose. That was definitely the topic of that night shift. Like, we, for sure... Well, and I could have banged on the door, but mm-mm, I won't do all that. I knew he was tired and all, so... 
Yeah. I am a big door lock person. Like, I have two locks on the back door. We've got three locks on the front door. An ADT security system. And then when we go to sleep, I lock the bedroom door too. And we have this cat, Stormy, um, and she's a vicious thing. Okay, all right. Okay. No, 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 no. We're not going to get that far off the topic here. Well, I was but, saying she's security also. No, That's what not. I was okay. getting at. No. It was all on the topic. No. So, no. anyways, um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. What oh, just say. like a random piece of advice also about, um, you know, when you get into arguments with your husband or wife um so me personally i'm the kind of person when we get into an argument all right let's solve it right here right now he's the type well i want to have some space to think things over so if you're different in that aspect like we are you know let him or her have their time to gather their thoughts you know get some one-on-one with christ to just Think clearly, get clarity throughout the situation. It will definitely make things better versus um, trying to solve it right then and right there. Yeah. When I also want to say this too to some of those stubborn men like me that, you know, I don't remember where, where exactly it is in the Bible, um, <clears throat> the verse and all that, but, you know, it talks about going to sleep when you're angry. Like, don't let the sun set when you're angry. Yeah. And, you know... We have all heard it like, you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, you know, especially when you're in the middle of an argument and your wife or husband says that to you. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but mainly it's the women. Mainly it's the guys who just want to be like, okay, look, I need some space to get away from me. But, look, if there's anything that God showed me through Amanda's accident is that that perspective was totally put in plain view for me. Like, I... You know, at one point on the way, uh, during that whole morning, when when I found out she got into that car accident, um, and maybe we'll we'll, we'll eventually talk more in detail about that whole thing, but I remember trying to think, like, did I hug her and kiss her before I left work? Did I... Well, I left before you. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, did... Did we, like, did I, like, what happened the night before? Like, you know, I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh. Because, like, all I knew at that point in time was that she had gotten into a really bad car accident. And, um, I mean, I didn't know if she was okay. I didn't know how bad her injuries were. But I remember there for a split second, one like, cross-examining myself almost, trying to make sure that, like, you know, I told her I loved her before we went to bed. I told her I loved her before we went to work that morning. And we in the construction industry, you you have got to realize, and I know people are going to roll their eyes even when I say it now, like, you need to listen to me when I tell you, like, it happened to me firsthand. No, I did not get injured at work. You know, but you have to remember what kind of industry we are in. Look at the, you yeah. know, the accident rate in our in our industry. So if you're the type of man that needs some space like I do, And you've got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, you need to go into some serious prayer in your prayer closet, in your room, whatever. Get your space. But then you need to fix it that night because think about what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I build scaffold hundreds of feet in the air. Like, 
And it might not be your own fault. It might not be your own complacency, but it could be, unfortunately, someone's actions that could cost your life that day. Do not put your wife in that type of position. And, you know, let's say you don't get hurt at work, but let's say your wife goes and gets into a car accident and y'all had an argument and she dies. I mean, you'll have to live with the fact that she tried that night, whether you agreed with the way she was going about it or not. She tried that night to make it better before y'all went to bed. So you need to hear me on this and you need to know that, you know, when I... When I talk about this stuff, I'm not talking about it because, like, I read a book or because I read statistics online and all that. Like, I'm talking, like, real-world experience here. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, it's okay, whatever the argument is, for you to um, be still upset with her. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. We are human. Our feelings can get hurt so easily. But, you know, just fix it. And, and go to sleep, go to work, maybe come back home, things are settled down, and just bring it up. Like, hey, I mean, it still hurts my feelings, but blah, 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 you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know why men have such a hard time with opening up to their significant others. I mean, and there, there could be reasons why they don't. Um, but it's because of, like, what we talked about last week, that tough guy mentality. And uh, I personally have friends who don't open up to their girlfriends or their wives. And, That's um, a heart issue. And when it's it's the tough guy mentality, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, on top of a heart issue. But, <laughs> um, you know, and that's, you know, talking about last week and talking about relationships in the construction industry uh, this week is, you know, you... you need to be able, like, if you've got to go talk to your pastor first, you know, let's say your wife didn't know that you were struggling with a very bad pornography addiction, you know, at some point you do need to open up to her. And the, the conversation's going to suck. It's going to be horrible, you know, and I said that last week. But, you know, maybe you need to go talk to a buddy, go talk to a pastor or a chaplain or whatever to muster up the strength to talk to your wife. But, and then some advice I want to give, you know, the wives too is that, um, although your husbands and stuff need to open up to you, like we also, we got to create an environment in the house. This is for men too, where that there is that, you know, line where like, you know, that like, if you're struggling like that day sexually with, you know, maybe you're being tempted to look at pornography, you know, or maybe you're just struggling in that aspect you need that your home needs to be a dynamic for you to confess that yeah. especially with your wife and then you know you as as talking about the wives here yeah it's probably not going to feel great i don't i don't nope. i've never had to deal with you telling me that you yeah, you know yeah but i must say one thing you don't sit there and be like oh i wish you would just get over this addiction already and down them no you got to support them pray for them understand it's it's okay you know yeah, and, you know, not that I ever want a man who is trying to walk through a pure life, do I want them to slip up. But, you know, and I don't want women to expect that either when, 
Um, you know, I was I was counseling a uh, a guy um, who was walking through a very bad pornography addiction, and one thing that his significant other always said to me, um, the few times that I counseled them together, is that she was constantly always bringing up a slip up always worried about him slipping up and you know it was so hard to drive home the point that like the point of counseling the point of all this is not to prepare for a slip up but could it happen yeah could a relapse with pornography happen of course and um i'm not gonna tell any woman to suck it up buttercup like that's probably gonna hurt a lot but you also, if your if your man does slip up, <clears throat> if your husband does slip up, you, we don't want to create that environment either where he's going to bottle it up and not and be not able to talk, talk about, about it. it, right? So, although it might suck, we need to make sure that dynamic is open in the household for everything. You know, and you too, also not like you two like together, but the the woman she also needs a support system um so like if something's going on you can relieve your stress talking to one of your girlfriends about it versus you know downing him in front of well okay that sounded wrong that sounded so wrong what you mean <laughs> No. How I was wording it, it sounded bad, but I don't mean it badly, but you know, like, you also need to have that person you can go to and vent to and just get all your stress about the situation or any other situation off your chest versus going to him who is struggling about no. it. That sounded you know, better, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, and I under, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, and... You know, talking about out-of-town work and stuff like that. Like, you know, especially if you're in a hotel room alone and you know what I'm talking about if you're struggling with porn or or alcohol, you know, or drugs. Because, like, if you have your own hotel room, like, you can do all the drugs you want. You can, do, you can drink all the alcohol you want and view all the pornography you want. You don't have your wife, you know, you don't have to worry about sneaking around and stuff like that. Like, you have free reign and stuff like that. Um... And that is, you know, you have to be strong enough and bold enough to be like, you know what, like, I can't, I can't go out of town. And, you know, and you've got to start putting yourself, your wife and Christ first before the company sometimes. And, you know, you have to be real with yourself. And if, if you don't feel like you can go out of town because you're worried you're going to relapse on drugs, alcohol, or porn. You need to be man enough and strong enough to go and tell your company, no matter, no, no matter being worried about the repercussion, mm-hmm. and you need to tell them that you can't go out of town. And you or know be like, hey, yeah, I'll go out of town, but I need somebody to room with me. You know, don't. And most companies are going to be, and that's a good point too. And most companies are going to be all about that because it's going to save them money. But I'm even going to go this far to say that if. Your roommate's a partier, a drinker, a drug addict, or yeah. you know he watches porn. Because like I said last week, we openly talk about this on the construction site like it's a no big deal problem. Then you really need to like question yourself on your actions there. But I could tell you this much. If you think the best route is going to your company and saying you can't go out of town because of X, Y, and Z. Like I know, with, for instance, Joel, our pastor at CHR, take... you. you 
like he would go with me. He would go with me if I needed to have a sit down with my company and tell them the flat out reason yeah. why I could not go out of town. If they weren't going to accept like, hey, look, I just can't go out of town. If they weren't going to accept that, I know for a fact I could call Joel and be like, hey, look, I need you to come and help me explain this. And there we go. You know, we talk about it all the time being plugged no, into a church. No, hands or butts, like hands down oh, yeah. there. Yeah. And, that's, and we keep talking about being plugged into a church, and that's what happens when you get if, around that community. If you're looking for a church, uh, come on to CHR. I forget the address. We just moved I into. Post a link. Yeah, we just moved into a new building. The grand opening is April third, so that would be awesome if any of y'all listening would come on out, support the church, to get plugged in with it. Is it and April third? Is it? I no, I'm asking. So. You. I think so. Yeah. I really hope not. Why? Because we're going to the race. <gasps> oh no. Anyways, man! Don't, don't get off topic. Oh. Here. That sucks. Um. But. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to post the link to our church. She is just all, like, yeah, blown away about this. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then talking about struggling relationships within the construction industry is that, like, you know, and I want you to, like, really play into this, you know, for women. But, you know, I want you to talk about when you when you do have to go out of town, for work and you're like so, for instance me I struggled with a pornography addiction right and how was that for you when I would have to go out of town for work when I did have my hotel room you knew I wasn't rooming with anybody you know what thoughts played into your head well, how you how know, did Christ help the you thoughts, with that, that and then well, what we weren't what at it, that point um then but I will say you know <clears throat> don't just sit there and think about, well, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder this. I wonder that. Because nine times out of ten, especially for me, it was bad thoughts, you know. So don't let them thoughts consume you. Um, just stay positive about things. Also, reach out to your friends. Like, I know now if he were to go out of town, well, I could come with him like I did this past week. But say I weren't allowed to come with him. You know, I would be in prayer, um, praying that any any temptation that comes his way would just be rebuked, you know. Um, I would also reach out to, you know, Sarah or Kelly, people in the church, um, to, you know, get a coffee, to talk. Um, I would not keep it all bottled up, sit here, and just let that cycle start because once that thought process starts, um, it, it literally explodes you know and that's why there's a scripture in the bible you know you got to guard your heart you got to guard your mind because the enemy will play off of that stuff and not only just the enemy like us as humans it, mm -hmm. that will play into effect also yeah and, and and a big thing um some advice for this too that i want to give to women that you know your husband has struggled with a pornography addiction. He's trying to walk a pure life now, right? You you guys are both in a church and all that. Um, just because, you know, just because I am no longer addicted to porn, I am still subject to temptation because we are not at war with flesh and blood, but by principles and personal. Uh, 
principalities of darkness. We are at we are at war with the devil. We are at war spiritually. So, you know, it's the same with an alcoholic who has been sober for twelve years. Like the devil is going to try to play in that. So, like so you said, so bring it to God before the devil brings it to you. And that's yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, so we have to constantly. I'm not ignorant enough to be like, oh, you know, I haven't watched porn in whatever many years. I am. I am constantly lifting up temptations of lust every single day yeah and then i am man enough to to know when there's certain movies and shows that i don't watch not not an episode i turn off i don't watch the shows yeah and you have to learn or or notice what tempts you yeah and like so what i want to you know advice i want to give to women is you know no i'm not i'm not saying that to always have trust issues especially if, if your husband is making strides to be pure but you as as his wife, you you I mean you've got to be you you want to be his helper. You're supposed to be his helper. You're supposed to be his number one teammate and his best friend. Ask him what he's going to do to stay um, pure. What 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 guards is he going to put up? You know, talk to him like, hey, you're going to be alone in this hotel room. You know, what are you going to do to stay on guard? And, um, you know, maybe that is, um, you know, if he's not using covenant eyes, maybe that is downloading covenant eyes. Um, obviously, you know, I would hope that prayer is like the first thing out of his mouth, Mm -hmm. like lifting it to Jesus. Not when temptation comes. Anytime I counsel somebody for pornography addiction, I always talk about that. You know, we don't only pray when temptation comes. We are praying against temptation before it is even there. But as as somebody's wife, you know, definitely ask, you know, what are we going to do? What are you going to do to stay on guard? And then as her husband, ask her, you know, what are you going to do to stay on guard against your own thoughts? Because just like you said, like, that's not just subject to men. You have to understand that your, your woman too, your girl, she is still subject to overthinking thoughts and temptations from the devil too, where the devil's going to want to plug in those like, Oh, you know, he's probably looking at porn right now, or he might be cheating on you. How do you know he doesn't have a prostitute in his room? She is still subject to that. The devil is going to come in whatever form he needs to, to come after you, whether that is making your wife overthink and not trust you, or whether that is you struggling with wanting to view porn. You guys have to be a team. Open that dynamic. Like I said, Build that trust up and then be on guard together. One thing um, that really stuck with me um, from our premarital counseling, it was something that Chris said. I remember he, I think he asked you or asked us what, when the other is struggling, what are you going to do? He didn't even give us a second to answer. He said, if one of y'all are struggling, the other better be down on his knees praying against it. Yeah. And that really stuck with yeah. me. And I mean, do we, do we, do we, are we the greatest at doing that all the time? No. Yeah. Sometimes arguing and fighting is the first yeah. thing we come to. But are we like way better about it than we used to oh, be? Oh, absolutely. At, oh, yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, opening that dynamic. You can't be down. And that was something that Chris said, too. You know, you can't be down on your hands and knees praying for depression against your husband, you know, um, trust issues for your wife. You can't be down on your hands and knees if that dynamic in your marriage 
or in your relationship is not open, what are you supposed to pray about? You've got to, you've got to open up that communication. Mm-hmm. Let that riverbank flood open wide and talk about it. You know, and for men, you've got to get that puffed out chest, tough guy crap out of here. Yeah. You Poke know, it with a needle and de-inflate it yeah. and let it go. <laughs> I think and that's right. open up about like, you know, you're depressed from working night shifts. You're sad that you have to go out of town for two weeks. You And then, you know, fast food, in case no one knows, like, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, fast food is your biggest enemy. I learned that very early on. And is it the easiest or funnest thing to do? But no, but if you know you're going to be out of town for a week, Go to the grocery store. I already know you're getting per diem, and if you're not getting per diem, you probably should go work for another company. But go check into your hotel room. Go to a Walmart or supermarket, whatever, and go buy fruit. Go buy food. You know, is it going to be the best or healthiest food? Because no, because most of the time you are going to have to use the microwave. But, you know, you can get like, what are they? The lean cuisine things? Yeah, or some ramen cups. We're talking about healthy food here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get, like, some lean cuisine stuff. Stuff that's actually healthy for you instead of eating freaking McDonald's every day. Yeah. It's not going to help your depression or anxiety. You know? And that's being a good steward of your condition. It's being a good steward of your body, which is Mm -hmm. what Christ called us to do. So, if you're struggling with depression and stuff, not only does Christ want you to lift that up to him, but he wants to see that you're actually doing stuff about it. So, like... Your depression may be caused from going out of town. It might be because you're unhappy at work or you and your wife may have fought right before you left to go out of town for work and you didn't have a choice to go. Combat that with your diet too. Like instead of drinking a bunch of soda, like go and drink water, get Gatorade, you know. Yeah. And coffee dehydrates you. Well, that's why you got to drink water with it. (laughs) But you know, that also helps is like eating healthy will help with your depression and anxiety. It helped me. And that's what I started doing when I would go out of town. Mm-hmm. I would go and get healthy food from the supermarket and I would eat on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, you know, there's lots of ins and outs for relationships within the construction industry. You know, the night shifts, the hours and, um, Everyone's, I mean, when you're, when you're in a relationship, you know, like, here's a good, here's like something that I kind of want to like talk about with like girls, you know, girlfriends and stuff like this. kind of funny, kind of like what I did to you, um, with, with the work and it's, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? No, I, I just know. thought of something else. Um, with the way we work, you know, overtime, night shifts, stuff like that. Me and Amanda, and we and we talked about it in our first episode, like how we kind of ghosted on each other and how that whole mess worked. But when we finally got serious about, like, we actually liked each other and we wanted to date, I had just started an outage at a paper mill. And I knew it was going to be about a month long, uh, no days off. It was going to be, like, 12 to 16-hour shifts. And, uh, like I said, I knew it was going to be about a month long. So, basically, I did not ask Amanda to be my girlfriend until after that outage was over. My thought was, 
okay, you know, if she's really serious about me, I'm not, you know, she needs to understand what she's getting herself into. Her, you know, what kind of career I'm in, what what comes with being with a guy like me, a blue-collar guy. So my thought was, if she's still willing to hang out at 10 o'clock at night when I get off at work, if she's willing to text me and know I'm not going to, she's not going to get a response for five hours because I'm in the middle of an outage. If she's still willing to talk to me and willing to hang out with me and still likes me at the end of this outage, then she knows what she's getting herself into. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't really be patient with men. You know, if you're just, if you like a guy, understand what you're getting yourself into. And don't ever put him in a position where, you know, in case anyone has never, like, seen, like, our cover for our, you know, I have scaffolding tattooed on my knuckles. So, like, I love, and a lot of us, a lot of blue-collar guys are very passionate about the industry. Mm -hmm. Don't ever put him in a position where he feels like he's got to pick and choose of being with you or being in his career. And especially yep. if you're just starting out. I mean, hello. Yeah, and you got to understand that, like, blue-collar guys, like, for me, for instance, like, I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go be a 9-to-5 lawyer. Like, another thing that I just thought about um, is I suggest reading The Five Love Languages. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that book is, is, is really good. We actually read it last year on vacation, and that helped us out a lot. It... You have to know your love language, but you also have to know your spouse's love language. So, like, I remember Tyler, he would always used to buy me stuff to express his love, but that's not my love language. It's his. So, because he thought, because that was his way of expressing love, um, you know, I didn't receive or feel it that way because that's my love language is quality time. And there's another one it is. Um, but that yeah. book is very, very good. Eye opening. Um, and, and that was something that played a part in the long hours, yeah. the night shift and going out of town that, you know, your love language was quality time. And that's what made it twice as hard on you when that stuff would yeah. come up because, you know, you weren't getting your love tank filled. Well, obviously, we're using some terms here that people might not be familiar with. You Definitely. Read the book. Okay, that's another Talks link. Talks about. I'll post a link to that. Love tank. <laughs> yeah, about. Uh, I'll post a link to to it on Amazon where people can check that. Where's out. your love tank but, at? Uh, mine's out of ten. Mine's out of ten too. Cool. Good. <laughs> but um, oh, I also before we wrap this up, um, we kind of just like you know, I hope we gave people some ideas. On like, you know, how to handle, a, you know, if you're in a relationship, you know, with a blue collar guy or blue collar woman, like, I hope this kind of gave you some ideas on like how to navigate that relationship if it was struggling with anything or, you know, maybe you like a guy or like a girl who is in the construction industry. Maybe this helped gave you some dynamic with that. I hope, you know, as always, keep Christ first in everything you do, period. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Tony Tillman. He is the owner at Apple Door in Chesapeake. He also has a podcast called The Local Connection. And what uh, him and Pastor Chris, actually, Mm -hmm. they both host the podcast. What they do is talk about um, local businesses, small businesses stuff. So check out The Local Connection. I'm going to also post a link to that, too. Lots of links going on here. (laughs) Lots of links. But they'll all be down there for people to check out. So with that being said, we're going to say a quick prayer real quick. And I hope everyone has a good week. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, 
Thank you, Lord, for um, everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blood and your sacrifice, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everything you do, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, this podcast could be a vessel and a testimony for you to use in the lives of people who are listening, Lord. And um, I just hope it gave some stuff to think about, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do, Lord. And um, just we love you, Lord, and thank you.